0: Computer, initialize HollowSuite. Holosuite Media.
1: And welcome to Blast Shield, a Lower Decks podcast. I'm Katie. I'm Kyle. Nice to hear from you all. Nice to be here.
0: For you all. With you all. With you all. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was going to say, have you been hearing from everyone?
1: No. Not enough. Not enough. Say hi, everybody.
0: Say hi. Drop some reviews, guys. Yeah, drop your reviews. I didn't think we were going to, like, start by asking people to leave us reviews.
1: It was your shameless plug.
0: I was just trying to work out how to, like save your intro.
1: That's what editing's for.
0: True, true. I can't actually, like, make up your voice and re-record one, though.
1: Well, just tell me to say something else.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everyone. It's the last weekly review of 2020 of Star Trek Lower Decks.
1: As if this year couldn't get any worse. I
0: know, it's coming to an end, the weekly show. So we do have plans for how we're going to Continue this show, and we will uh, we'll get on to that as well during this week's episode. But this is it. No more rushed deadlines and rushed viewing.
1: Series finale.
0: Series Season finale. Oof. Season. Hang on. Oh, yeah. I was like, what's the difference? Okay. Mm, series finale is the end of it. So in America, they refer to each season as a season, but in the UK, seasons are often referred to as a series. So it becomes a bit confusing when you have a series finale in the UK because that is. By American definition, just a season finale.
1: I am learning every day.
0: Always learning something new. Always.
1: Life is a lesson.
0: My mama said, life's like a box of chocolates.
1: I've never seen that film.
0: Never know what you're going to get. That also was not Forrest Gump's accent. No, it was awful. I don't know what it was, actually. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I apologise. American
1: listeners, I'm gonna.
0: (laughs) Apologising for me, I can't believe it. So yeah, we're going to talk about the lower deck season finale. Can't believe it. It's over. Episode ten. I do like shorter seasons because it keeps everything more, you know, the the quality feels tight on, yeah, on these your short seasons. Toes. Yeah, but ten episodes just feels too short. Picard was ten episodes, and that was mm. the shortest Trek season ever.
1: That really didn't feel like enough.
0: No, but this was like you know twenty minute episodes as opposed mm. to like. Forty to fifty-five minutes for Picard. So this really didn't feel like enough. Like I'll be able no. to watch all of Lower Decks in one night without any trouble. You know, you put it on at seven o'clock, you're done do by you plus ten. Maybe I'm being a bit ambitious now. I'm middle-aged, but
1: and have a dad uh, have a dad, have I
0: uh, kids. I do still have a dad, yeah, uh, and have kids. Yeah,
1: and are a dad,
0: mm. and am a father.
1: Mm. Hello, father. <laughs> you I see didn't you did get there. it at first. Did I you? didn't get it at first. No,
0: no. no. I thought we were going to into- just weird. in case no one got it. Yeah, I thought we went to a weird bit, but that was a bad reference. Return of reference, my
1: favourite character. Which we're
0: going to talk about today, the return of Badgie. What a shock that was.
1: It was a big shock.
0: Badgie got the last I'm laugh. so happy. Badgie was I responsible mean, for the death of two characters.
1: Yeah. Two? Who's the other one?
0: Well, we'll come on to that. Okay. But someone died without dying.
1: Oh, I see. Mm. No, I see. What you're
0: Before we get into the season finale, every week we like to just talk about what's been going on. What's been happening
1: Nothing. It's just been raining.
0: It has rained a lot. You got very wet the other day on the school run. I did. It must be like the only after school school run I haven't come on mm. since it's gone back to school and it happened to be the one where there's rain
1: dripping off my eyebrows. And,
0: yeah, there was rain dripping off your eyebrows.
1: Proof that I have eyebrows though.
0: Yes, I know. This has been uh, been some question marks about the existence of your eyebrows it's for as really long as touchy I've known subject. you this yeah. is I mean I can see them now. But and that's good,
1: because I've had a shower. Yeah.
0: So. so you washed off any fake eyebrows. and Residue. Residue. <laughs> that's gone. And now you have your natural thing back. And they're there. They weren't always there, I've got to be honest.
1: No, I used to. I think in that summer, I was just very, very blonde. And my eyebrows weren't blonde.
0: Yeah, you have to draw them on. I did. Generally, like, I'd never been in a any relationship or anything in my life where I so often would hear, like, oh, shit, I forgot my eyebrows. Or I just need to do my eyebrows.
1: It, it was really important to me because yeah. otherwise I I can't really express myself.
0: <laughs> you can't. <laughs> no. You just look either constantly surprised. surprised or almost constantly giving no reaction to anything.
1: Yeah. Is it like, am I angry? Yeah.
0: Are you angry or neutral? Am, am I neutral? pissed off? Am I
1: completely indifferent? Who would know? But then I draw them on and it's like, it's okay, guys. Everything comes
0: from the eyebrows, guys. The power comes from the eyebrows.
1: (laughs) When I have my eyebrows on, it's like I've put my heart on my sleeve.
0: You can tell that we don't make any kind of bullet points for these podcasts. We definitely don't have a running order. No. We don't even have, like, yet a few bullet points. And you know that because we're on our, like, well, our season finale kind of and we're talking about
1: my lack of eyebrows your lack
0: of eyebrows
1: but the... you have enough eyebrows to hang on now you do you have big eyebrows whoa i'm s- I'm not saying that in a bad way i'm super jealous
0: of you i feel like you're implying monobro
1: no no you just have large eyebrows i said <laughs> brows not brow
0: okay you I have... have large eyebrows yeah you do as opposed to
1: my lack of eyebrows well, yeah
0: i would look weird with your eyebrows
1: i would love to have your eyebrows
0: I wouldn't love you to have my eyebrows. <laughs> you would not. Oh my god! Look,
1: imagine what that would look like. You would not. Well, probably like my sister.
0: Which so, in other good. words, you would not look good with them.
1: That's horrible. I don't know which sister you're talking about.
0: Neither yeah. would do, really.
1: Either way, it's horrible. I don't know what the young kids are doing these days, but they like <laughs> What's it laminate their eyebrows? They laminate. Not one Hang of on the now. literal laminate. Okay. <laughs>
0: I was about to say because those laminators are pretty thin. You wouldn't even get your finger in one, let alone your Face. eyebrow.
1: You'd have to stick your whole head through,
0: and they're quite hot as well. I burnt myself on oh, that. Oh
1: yeah, hundred percent.
0: I'm a bit confused as to what laminating. I mean, I don't. Means. I'm.
1: I'm not an expert because I don't have the eyebrows there to laminate. It's a dream.
0: But what do these laminated eyebrows look like? I don't understand.
1: Big eyebrows. You know how it's like a thing now to have big eyebrows. Is In it? the 90s. This is why mine are like they are. Oh,
0: see, I've been look- going through like, people's Instagram stories, and I genuinely, I always say you shouldn't make fun of anyone for their appearance. They can't have any control over it. You shouldn't criticise anyone's appearance. because the one thing, we're born with it. But when it comes to eyebrows, you no, know, we kind of... Well, I've noticed women generally kind of craft their own, so I feel like you can pass judgement a little bit. And I've been going through some Instagram stories, and I've seen some big-ass, bushy eyebrows. This is what
1: I'm talking about. It's a thing now. I mean, I don't want that... Okay. But I would like something. I don't
0: think it should be a thing, though.
1: No, no. Well, I know that, but the eyebrow trends change. You know, well, like why do eyebrow? You don't see
0: eyelash trends change.
1: Sure, you do. What? I mean, they used to have like what? navy blue mascara. Wouldn't be seen dead in that now.
0: What the hell is mascara? What is that bit for? Sorry. Mascara.
1: It's a bit that like makes your eyelashes bigger, and now you. How can... does it make them bigger? Well, it doesn't actually make them bigger. It makes them more prominent, if you like, and curled okay. up. But right. like people go and get their eyelashes curled. Jesus and then they have God like Christ. a thing where you can stick the thing on your lid. and Stick like, the
0: thing? What's the thing? I mean, I don't know. But
1: things change. Like I'm a victim of 90s over That's why I don't have eyebrows. Because in the 90s and the early noughties, girls, you know, you You're weren't supposed to, to have eyebrows. I'll admit
0: that even though I'm not down, I mean, I just... Now I've found out really what mascara actually does and about eyelash trends. But even in back in the late 90s, early noughties, even I was observing that these people plucking their eyebrows were going to look a bit stupid when they got older and, you know, that was no longer the thing. Yeah. We've <laughs> chatted about eyebrows for I a very know, long time. I know. This is
1: not what you came here for. No. I'm so sorry.
0: If someone's listening who's got an eyebrow phobia, then we're sorry. Is it's that a you. Oh, come on. This phobia is everything. There must be an eyebrow phobia.
1: I wonder if there's a word for it. It's
0: like, like they would love to spend time with you because they could actually be a... At ease and relaxed. <laughs> you're speechless. Perfect. Or what if their phobia is of people with no eyebrows? We could put them in a room with you and they could, they could literally piss their pants.
1: And I'm not scary at all. No, you're not.
0: Well, maybe you are too, someone with an eyebrow phobia. Guys, look it up online. Let us know on Twitter, at BlastShieldUp or Instagram or Facebook, same address, if you want to look up that meaning or if there is an actual eyebrow phobia. I stumbled at my words then, as I was saying that whole bit, and I'll tell you why, Katie. As I was given the social media handles, I thought I'd given the social media handles for one of my other podcasts. Ah. But I did give the right ones, didn't I?
1: I can't remember.
0: So we've done about (laughs) 10 minutes of the show so far and we haven't talked about anything relevant.
1: And I really want to talk about it.
0: It's so good, the season finale of Lower Decks. The episode's called No Small Parts, which when I saw it, I was like, oh no, it doesn't seem like much of a season finale name. And I was a bit worried. I was like, oh no, what if they're not treating it as like a season finale and it's just going to be a...
1: It's multi-level though.
0: Well, tell me why it's multilevel.
1: When you think about the ship that tries to collect all the small Mm -hmm. parts of other ships, that's the small parts thing. They did not play a small part in the whole Ah. thing, and they, they were supposed to be a joke, and then. You had, right. like, surprise people turn up. They were big parts.
0: Everyone had a big part.
1: Yeah, this is what I mean. Holy was, shit,
0: I didn't even think of it. I just was associating it with the...
1: Multi-dimensional. The
0: pack Yeah, none of the none of the ensigns had small parts. They all played a key part. We had the uh, heroes show up, who we'll talk about.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. I know.
0: You just blow my mind with that. Actually, that, that's a fantastic season finale name.
1: Hmm. Hmm. There we go. I feel
0: take it better. back. I, t- I feel really good now, actually. Retract that. Yeah, I, re- right I mean, now. to be honest, like, Just edit no. it
1: out. Just save yourself
0: some time. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I've got enough to edit and do this. This will stay. Yeah, episode 10. Last episode of 2020. Now, I know they've written all of season two. I know they've had some of the animation back on episode one of season two, at least, because Mike McMahon mentioned that a couple of weeks ago at one of the Comic Con. They all blur into one because they act like they're, it's a special thing, like New York Comic Con. It's like, literally, I now am familiar with with your living rooms or offices from your backgrounds, so, because it's just just a new video package put together each time. Mm-hmm. However, New York Comic Con, actually, before we go into any more Lodex, can we talk about the big news? Yeah, let's do that. Let's talk about the big news from New York Comic Con. I think it was called that one. I don't know which one it was. But right at the end, after the Lodex and the Discovery panels, which you missed, the cut to a special announcement. I didn't know what it was going to be about, but I'd seen on Twitter that there was going to be some big news revealed but then prodigy came up and i thought oh maybe we're gonna get a look at the crew or like they do low decks that's how we first saw low decks like a year It was just like we just saw pictures of the cast but then um, or then i thought oh maybe it's closer than we think to release and they'll announce a release date or like uh, just a trailer teaser maybe but then they started to announce who was coming on to the show as as the captain of the ship in the show and you came in at that moment in time and my daughter started making noise you walked in with your dinner you're about to sit down. I think I... I wasn't I muttering to myself? Because they were saying all yeah. the stuff that... Talking about her. So the gender seemed clear that it was a woman. And they were talking about how she helped keep a crew together, like a real family, getting them home or something along those lines. And I was like, Janeway? No. I think that's when you walked in, was it? When I was muttering to myself. I was like, I
1: can't... I can't yeah, Janeway. what you were actually saying was, Janeway? No. No, no. F- yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Janeway? You. Yeah, yeah. Janeway. And yeah, I, must, I was like... I must, and then... I was like, is he and Then saying
0: so myself? Uh, The captain of our ship and the lead of our show, Kate Mulgrew. And then her face showed up and I was like, holy shit.
1: And you were supposed to find the holy
0: shit, holy
1: shit.
0: This is awesome. Yeah. Insert wrestling chance there. Any wrestling fans. Um, That was awesome. So yeah, Kate Mulgrew, Captain Catherine Janeway, is back in Star Trek Prodigy.
1: Love how emosh she totally looked. Yeah, the whole thing. she did, didn't she? And it was lush.
0: And I was really down with how she's talking about the kids. She knows that the audience for this show is the kids. I think we heard, was it saying five to 15 year olds? I think someone was saying on something I watched yesterday, maybe. So she obviously knows that that's the audience for it. So she's in No False Illusion. So she knows it's a children's show, but she thinks that there's a, a reason for her to be on it. And I found it quite interesting I went on Twitter afterwards And I follow I've been following one of the Prodigy writers for a long time Actually A woman whose name Completely escapes me As I'm on this show now But Her and loads of the other ones Started tweeting about it And then Kate Mulgrew yeah. Retweeting saying I'm so delighted to have So many strong women Writing for Janeway And apparently I think there's three or four women On this write, On the writers team For Prodigy And apparently that is the most women That have ever been on a Writing staff For Captain Janeway wow. For seven seasons of, of Voyager From what I'm seeing on Twitter I'm, I would take that to mean that there was never as many women writing for her as there as there was now for Prodigy.
1: But isn't it funny how we were talking about the other day how it's not super obvious that she is a woman. Like, it's not like rammed down your throat in Voyager. It's yeah. like, she's obviously so natural in that position. It's almost as if she were written as a man. Hmm. But she's a strong female character. Absolutely. Lovely.
0: Yeah. So Janeway's back. Um, Katie's reference just then was to our new podcast show which will replace this show whilst Lower Decks is off the air.
1: That's, no, what's our, what's our theme tune for our thing? For the Wait, new one? Yeah. I can't
0: remember it. It's good though. So cheerful. It is cheerful. Look for her first trek on your podcast app or podcast catcher, whatever that means, and you will find our new show in which we take Katie on a journey through... The entire Star Trek universe. So you've never seen TOS, TNG, DS9, uh, Voy, Voyager. We don't call it Voy. <laughs> no. We just call it Voyager. No, we don't. Um,
1: Disclaimer: If you Google her first track, we are not responsible for any images that may appear on your monitor. Yeah,
0: well, as you're typing in her first, and then you put the T, the t for track, but Just be careful if you do like the autofill option. Took me a while <laughs> to um, to realize that you know we we're doing a play on words of it. Her first time, her first trek. That's our, our show where we're gonna take you through all those shows. And we've actually started recording for that, so that's been exciting. Before we get into Lower X now, we're gonna do it, I promise, guys. I'm gonna give a little bit of a spoiler about her first trek. What can people expect? How are you finding the adventure so far?
1: Guys, it is an emotional roller coaster. There will be <laughs> <laughs> There will be reviews that you don't expect, probably. That's true, there are that some, I didn't expect. There are
0: some real twists. All I'll say right now, guys, is that Katie has enjoyed the ones I didn't think she'd enjoy and not had the opinion I thought she would for ones that I was convinced she would enjoy.
1: And it changes.
0: Oh, from week to week. It's exciting. In the words of Blue, Blue who? Ain't
1: it funny how life can change, can flip 180 in a matter of days. Ooh. Blue, the boy band. Oh, the boy Blue. band
0: Blue. Okay. I was just confused. But I what think,
1: happened to Blue?
0: <laughs> I think one of the people on Discovery, one of the new actors on there their name is blue i think
1: that's a great name or the
0: character's name is blue no their name is blue i think wow that's
1: a great name yeah
0: the f- i might be completely wrong with this person in which case i apologize but yeah it's the i believe that is the name of the person who's the first non-binary character
1: oh cool. in
0: star trek that's
1: the name blue well regular
0: i think first regular i think we've had non-binary characters before but...
1: my grandma had a cat called blue oh it really stressed me out when i was little because it was a black
0: we had a regular, uh, my first pub I ever worked at called Blue. Mm. Never understood it at all. He drank Guinness. Oh. Nothing about him really shouted out the nickname Blue.
1: Was he a bit depressed?
0: Definitely down in the dumps about things. There we are. But you could have a laugh with him after a few pints.
1: I'm Blue Dabba Dee Dabba There
0: we go. Let's talk Lower Decks. People have okay. listened to a Sorry, lot of rambling. Sorry, guys. It's quite it's quite late. It's Friday evening as we record this. As per. As per. I will say that. I think less than half our recordings were on a Friday night, which was our pre arranged. No, I mean,
1: it's late, I suppose.
0: Oh, right. You're in your pajamas right now. I am. I'm not. Silky. I don't wear pajamas. I just wear my underwear to bed. I freak out with clothes on in bed. I freak out. I know. Sometimes, Kate, you're wearing a woolly jumper in bed, and I don't know what And that's not just a
1: woolly jumper. I'm like underwear, thermals, pajamas, woolly jumper. Sometimes I'll even put my dressing gown on top if oh, I'm really feeling like It's That's not like even a lie.
0: That. that is true. It's not even a lie. And then... Socks. The duvet.
1: Duvet. Until very recently, I had like my furnace of a daughter who used to sleep next to me.
0: It's ridiculous. I'll reach over to you <laughs> and I feel all that. And if there's any kind of part of me thinking, oh, maybe maybe I'll try for a little bit of a hanky-panky, I'll reach over. If I can feel the woolly jumper... Then I know it's not worth the not Is that what I have to do? Yeah, just put the woolly jumper on and I'll know that I do not have permission to engage.
1: Okay, noted. I will make it so.
0: <laughs> so Lower Decks, you've watched this twice, this episode. Mm. I've watched it three times. I was going to watch it a fourth time. I know,
1: I'm eager to watch it again.
0: Yeah, that's a sign of a good episode, it isn't it?
1: really good.
0: This episode took me by surprise. Uh, it was longer. I think it was about 28 minutes with the credits. So it's the longest episode so far, I think, which was great. It needed it. It never felt rushed. No. It never felt like it was dragging either.
1: No, it didn't feel too... I didn't even know it was longer.
0: Perfect pace. Mm. Perfect. Yeah, perfect pacing. Everything clicked. It started off slow. So I thought the best way to tackle this would be to talk about the characters' stories and how they started. And then talk about how the rest of the plot, because it all came together. So I'd like to begin by talking about the follow-on from last week's episode with Boimler now knowing that Mariner is Captain Freeman's daughter, which last week was a big holy shit moment. And this week, before we've even hit the credits...
1: I did not think it was going to be that quick.
0: I know. he Like, he spilt the secret very, very quick.
1: And he was a dick about it.
0: At first, it didn't seem too bad. He was like, I know your secret. He's like, hey, it's fine. It's cool. We'll do what we want to do and you'll just make sure we don't get in any trouble. And I love that when he's doing that... You know, he's he's on the planet as well, giving out Starfleet-branded crayons. It turns out that they like to put that Starfleet Delta on everything.
1: Oh, why not? It's on
0: the bottom of their boots in their Discovery uniform. You know, the, the bronze, gold, silver bits they have on the side of the uniform. That's just full of little Deltas. Why not? Mm.
1: Didn't know it was called Delta. The
0: Starfleet Delta insignia, I think. I hope I'm right on that. I want to look like a right wanker. You already do. Yeah, that's just generally how I look. But I meant <laughs> I was a figure of speech about how I'd look to other Trekkies. But thank you for that. No problem. God, this is... <laughs> This is a brutal episode this week. Gone at you and your eyebrows. You've gone at me on mine. Are you really going for my appearance? I've criticised your bedwear. <laughs> <laughs> Turning on just, each other. Just a
1: little. It's all, sneak it's all come movie. to this,
0: guys. In the season finale, we've <laughs> we're going to have on. it out. So what, Bonner doesn't realise because they're on beta. I want to say it was beta three, which is from the original it was beta series, three. beta three. So they're revisiting the planet from TOS. By the way, I just need to say I love that when they saw a picture of Kirk and Spock on their pad, it was a TAS, the animated series version of Kirk and Spock. I've seen someone online saying that they really want a time travel episode back to the TOS era. And they want all the other characters to appear. Like all the TOS ones they want to appear as like the animated series style.
1: Isn't it terrible though?
0: I think the animation is dog s***.
1: No, I mean just the show.
0: Oh, the animated series.
1: I mean, it'd be quite funny to have like such terrible animation with great animation. But isn't Mm. the show just garbage?
0: Well, people who love... T.A.S. swear by it, but for the longest time, it was not considered canon. There's like a giant Spock in it, like an actual giant, things like that, oh. which that had never been mentioned in Trek until Lower Decks, actually. So that's now officially canon anyway. But T.A.S. got brought back into canon. It wasn't too long ago. I can't remember what did it. I think it was the fact that CBS, whoever had the rights at the time, were releasing a DVD of the T.A.S. episodes. So I think they just brought it back into canon to try and get the completest. Like me, it worked to buy the, the animated series. It did its job. So on that planet, they eventually um, fix the problem there. But this plants a seed for Freeman that Starfleet, when they come to a planet, they'll do the story of the week and then they will leave. And they may not come back for the longest time. And then, you know, in this instance, they've gone back to the whole um, Red Hour thing on this planet from, uh, from the original series. They would have known that if they'd stayed in touch, if Starfleet had kept a proper eye on the planet. They didn't know. So this is planting the seed for the end of the episode where... Freeman kind of has a bit of a, I guess, epiphany is the right word. Hmm. Is that right, do you think?
1: A moment of clarity. A moment of
0: clarity that she can't do a whole lot as a captain of the ship against sort of Starfleet orders because that will lose her the ship. But she concludes that Mariner can do the dirty work and have her back covered by, by Captain Freeman. So uh, we had the term TOS became canon.
1: Mm-hmm. Those... Those old, old scientists.
0: scientists. That's just a, a name that Ransom likes to call. They yeah, were all
1: just doing crazy yeah. shit, like meeting new aliens every week.
0: <laughs> those guys in the 2260s. So, so Ransom's funny. hilarious. Ransom, like, I love now that TOS is canon. Referring to those guys as TOS is canon. Mm-hmm. By that same sort of uh, reasoning, they could get away with calling Picard and crew TNG in-universe. Because the other enterprises didn't do a whole lot. So you could actually have Ransom say he likes to call the Picard lot and Emissions the next generation Mm-hmm. of those old scientists, I guess. Mm-hmm. So all this has gone on the planet. They got to the ship. Freeman says, right, let's get out of here. Let's go to warp. And then we find out there's two people on the planet. So this takes us to the scene we were just talking about with Mariner and Boimler. Boimler reveals that he knows Mariner's secret. And she tries to play stupid, but she is effing and blinding. She's like, you need to effing shut up. You need to effing shut up right now. What none, neither of them know is that because Freeman has found out that they're on the planet, Ransom has hailed them. So he's calling them on the combat, And I guess we found out that that, by summoning someone on the combat that activates on the other end as well, which could be really awkward if you were like doing something inappropriate.
1: Having a poop.
0: Having a poop or something else. And or enjoying
1: yourself in the holosuite.
0: Yeah, you could have been having some holodeck time, yeah. And <laughs> so on the bridge, they hear everything. Even Boimler revealing that Mariner is the daughter of Captain Freeman, who's horrified herself. She quickly tries to, put an end to it, beaming them up. And then when Boimler realises what he's done, and they're stood there in the middle of the bridge, and he screams, we go to the opening credits. The
1: mortified look on his face is my fave.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it looks a lot so like Jack good. Wade as well as plays It plays plays this The fa- the facial expressions on Boimler sometimes are the best in the show. I don't know, sometimes there's just a the detail to his face you don't see on the other ones.
1: But I, I like the, the facial expression on Mariner as well, when she realised that um, Boimler beaming. was talking about it
0: oh right okay it's yeah.
1: it, like her eyes went really wide and first it, was, time it was really funny it
0: was the first time she's threatened mm. someone seriously i think she was like properly mm. like she looked like she was gonna do some damage to him mm. and when she sees she's beaming do you know so when she sees she's beaming she looks down she realizes that she's dematerializing oh no yeah yeah you could see him do it and then i mean that must be weird yeah if you weren't, if you weren't expecting, expecting to be it. beamed it, 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 all your molecules just get pulled apart
1: Surely you'd need consent for that kind of thing. It
0: does seem a bit non-consensual, doesn't it? Mm.
1: If I'm going to get pulled apart on a molecular level, and it could like go to wrong. Have some warning.
0: It could go wrong. We've seen this numerous oh, times it in would Star just Trek. Make me vom. Oh yeah, I mean, I get motion sick at the best you of remember times. Remember that
1: thing where that guy was saying about it was? It took him like a full minute and a half to be reassembled. Oh, yeah. Like, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: floating around.
0: So when we come back from the credits, it's out there now. The information's out there. Freeman is wondering why they even tried to keep it a secret. You know, Marin didn't want everyone to know she was the daughter of the captain. And Freeman says she didn't really want everyone to know that her daughter was the most, was it, demerited yeah. officer in Starfleet. And actually, this whole thing, I don't know why, throughout the whole season, we were worrying about what was going to happen if the secret came out. Because not a whole lot really comes from it. So yeah. everyone starts treating Mariner differently. Like, Ransom starts sucking up. He's not going to go hard on her. He doesn't get hard for her, but he can get hard for her. Uh, but that, And then he just apologizes. And that's a brilliant scene with Ransom when he's now starting to suck up because he is a suck up. And people start treating Mariner differently. She bumps into an ex-boyfriend. He says, Wolf 359 was an inside job. And he says that the changes and the Dominion War weren't real. You'll see all that in DS9, my dear. So he wants her to, like, escalate something up to the captain to take a look at for him, and people wanting to get selfies with her. Even Dr. T'Ana's asking her if the captain would be okay with Dr. T'Ana starting a romantic relationship with Shaxx, which I need to just say, I said this well, several yeah, weeks were ago. Well, they out. Well, they had a kiss, and I said I think that meant they were in a relationship, and we weren't sure. Now we know she wanted a relationship. But what was the, what did she say she wanted?
1: Oh, God. All right. let me remember this right. She said... Something about grappling his beef stew with her coital meat hooks. Yeah. And that bit tickled me so much that I actually missed what came immediately yeah, I, after, because I was in his I didn't
0: realise in my first watch what... She'd meant by that, and then it was only in the second rewatch I remembered that male cats have like spikes, mm. of some sort on there. Haven't they got penis. like opposite ones? So Is like it?
1: the female can grab on and the male can like hook
0: in. Oh, I don't know if. So that's when true. I picture that, I cringe because I'm just thinking, for the love of God, don't put shacks through that.
1: Shax looks like he is up for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, Shax looks like he has a massive penis. Good Lord. You don't think Shax has a massive penis?
1: I didn't really think about it.
0: Well, now I've said it, it's all I'm i mean, about. I mean, I also
1: don't want to think about him and Tana because, let's face it, that thing's a cat.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, a cat, hey, hey. Cat lives matter, too. You know, she, Cat
1: lives sure do matter.
0: Yeah, they really do, actually. Be nice to cats, guys. So, yeah, everyone's treating Mariner differently. Even Boimler, who wants to get a letter of recommendation signed by her. Pre-written. Oh, just needs a signature. What was the problem? Even then, she's horrified. And he needs that letter recommendation because he wants to get a transfer to the USS Sacramento, which is another California-class starship, I found out. So, yeah, he wants to get a transfer. Mariner then decides that maybe the best way for her to get around... Or to get out of these issues of everyone knowing who she is now is to get a transfer. But as Boimler points out, that wouldn't work because she is criminally misbehaved or every. They would like
1: someone less criminally insubordinate. <laughs>
0: yes. So even Mariner agrees with this and ties her hair up, pulls her sleeves down, starts becoming a model Starfleet officer, sir. And by the way, Mariner with her hair tied up properly. But you've got such a problem. And her sleeves down. Oh. I loved
1: it when she was like I'm going to my station he was like you have a station she's like ha ha good one sir. <laughs>
0: yeah. like,
1: it's just my favourite it was and so funny. And when they're in
0: the office with Ransom and he's having to decide who to offer the promotion and transfer to. He's like Boimler your record is, record is ridiculously clean. Yeah you know, cleaner than clean he's it's, like it's, I can't remember he says like, something like it's a little bit uncomfortable it's or something. Fruity. And then he's like but Mariner is the captain's daughter. <laughs> I love that there wasn't any reason given for no. it. It was just like, well, she is the captain. daughter. She had no we, merits. Yeah, we should. We should just give it to her because of who she is.
1: Well, what can you say? And he was then, stuck between...
0: And, well, that's it. That's the line. One of my favorite lines where Marin is like, very much, uh, was it stuck between a rock and a... Kiss-ass place. Kiss-ass place. Isn't it so? Or something like that. She's so funny. But he doesn't make a decision yet. And we almost kind of forget about the whole thing hmm. until the end. And we'll come on to that. So that's what's going on with Mariner in this episode. Rutherford is trying to get used to the personality settings on his implant. So he goes through lots of different emotions and personalities throughout. We get uh, British.
1: British was my favorite one.
0: Sexy Rutherford, is he called sexy?
1: Yeah, sexy mode.
0: Yeah, uh, we got lots of lots of them. He's a bit emotional. He was overexcited sometimes.
1: Extremely optimistic. Yeah,
0: extremely Which optimistic. Which I thought
1: would just be regular mode.
0: Yeah, yeah. and normal mode, which turns out was quite heroic on its own. Mm. And then Tendi is with an exocomp. I call them exocomp. Can't remember. It's like a little flying robot thing from um, previous Star Trek, who's now officially become a crew member. So Tendi's meant to be like, I guess, inducting them and showing them around. And has the exact same introduction that Tendy has. So everyone leaves the shuttle in the shuttle pod bay or shuttle bay, sorry, you can tell I'm watching a lot of Enterprise in the shuttle bay. And then this robot thing is left there. We eventually found out it's called Peanut Hamper, which is mathematically the most perfect name. I can in the agree English language. With that. I mean, I don't know about the hamper. hamper part. Peanut hamper.
1: I love peanuts though.
0: I can see peanut being something that some people would, for some reason, have a cute name for people. Well, I don't know why peanut would be a cute name. Oh, hamper? sweet, though. Is it cute to call someone a hamper? Yeah. Hampers are quite got quite a lot of options in them, though, so maybe that means you've got lots of personality. Yeah, but not
1: if they're full of peanuts.
0: True. Oh, God, a peanut hamper.
1: I mean, I'd eat my way through that quite quickly. A peanut hamper? Worryingly, rapidly.
0: Well, if they were salted, yeah, you would, especially if you didn't have a drink nearby.
1: Oh, imagine if it was filled with peanut butter. Oh.
0: No, that's the worst. That's even worse. Mm. But yeah, so it turns out uh, she has the same instructions as Tendy. She comes out at the end. She looks up at the name of the ship. She's like, oh, this is so beautiful or whatever the line is. That's exactly how Tendi was introduced in the first episode, of Second Contact. Tendy takes her under her wing. to feel sorry for her because she doesn't have any hands. She can't do simple jobs. But turns out she's very good at cutting open patients in sickbay, uh, which shocked Tana. And Tendi was really happy about this because she'd helped her come a long way. There's a funny scene where Tendi's in sickbay talking to a Bajoran on the bed, and he's like, hey, don't worry, just because they're not letting you watch, you know, you can do something like, start getting me back up on my feet. And I'm reasonably sure that he's the same Bajoran from episode two, Envoy's, when Rutherford is changing departments and he tries out medical, and he has the really bad bedside manner, he's too honest, and I th- I feel like that is the Bajoran, oh, okay. he said he had like those warp, or those dilithium crystal burns or something like that, dilithium core b- burns, and Rutherford's like, What? How are you still alive? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. I don't know. but um, I
1: really like Tana's little outburst as well in this book.
0: f and A, <laughs> F and A, I I do. <laughs> <laughs> Swears every episode is fantastic. That ultimately does not end nicely for Tanya and her new friend, though, Peanut Hamper. We'll come to that. Whilst all this is going on, in the Kala system, which apparently is from the Packard episode of TNG, Oh. so some people may have already known who it was going to be, but in the cali system we see uh, the another California class ship, the USS Solvang, which had Captain Dayton from a few episodes ago. they got the new ship they got the shoes off for the new carpets on the ship. It's really funny because uh, Dayton Captain Dayton doesn't want the film protective, protective filming film. on like a yeah. phone someone starts to peel it off her chair and she's losing her cool uh they bump into this really menacing ship that attacks them straight away and gets a grappling hook on its nacelle now i don't know why they thought the right thing to do would be to warp away because obviously when they go to warp away it just tears their ship apart and they mm. blow up
1: but that was shax's first instinct too no not shacks ransom
0: ransom's first instinct yeah but i gotta say what a moment when it blew up i remember when i like, every time I, I see it. But even now, I'm like, whoa. It's kind,
1: of, it's kind of happened in slow-mo, but not so slow-mo that it was ridiculous. It was, like, it was really realistic. It,
0: it was. And it's a really brutal way to go. Yeah. Like, they've gone to go to warp, and they've just literally just Especially exploded. because you could
1: see the panic beforehand. Mm. It made me realize that the episode was going to be a bit more serious.
0: Stakes were high, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah in those action scenes, there was a hint that particularly the space shots that Mm. serious shit was going to go down so the distress signal gets sent and the cerritos picks up on it they hear the titan is nearby but freeman says no let them know we'll deal with it and i think a lot of people might have thought well another mention of the titan and we don't see it i suspected we were going to see it i'd seen mike mcmahon put on twitter a few hours before the episode aired he'd said you know Episode drops at this time. Either watch the episode right away or stay off social media before you watch it because there's going to be huge spoilers around. And so I wasn't sure what it was going to be. I figured we were going to see something. I thought the enterprise E was going to show up when I first saw that. Because you always know Patrick Stewart's doing Picard, so maybe they'll get his voice work on it. But once they mentioned the Titan in that scene, I thought, we're seeing the Titan. But then I forgot all about it. So they go and answer the distress signal. They didn't really think there was anything going wrong, did they? They thought maybe it was a mistake and uh, Mm. the captain had not got used to a new ship yet. When they arrive, obviously, they bump into debris almost straight away, which is almost exactly like in Star Trek 2009, which you won't know. But when um, the Enterprise drops out of warp and suddenly is almost getting hit by debris from a small fleet that had been sent out of their ships. And they see a part of the saucer section, the Solvang, and that's when it gets real. We see the ship behind it, the alien ship, which just looks so menacing. They tried to get out. It... Puts a grappling hook on their Nassau. Ransom's like, we need to get to warp now. And Freeman prevents that order, thankfully. Mm. Because she realizes that, yeah, as you said, that must have happened with the other ship. That's what they would have tried first, and it didn't work. So we need to do something else. She says, power down. Now, in this moment, Freeman, bear in mind she just fixed the problem at the start of the episode. Freeman shows she's a good captain. Yeah. She like owned her pips, one might say, in this episode, I thought. I was really impressed with her, because sometimes she seems like... She's not a great captain, and that's why mm. she's on the kind of ship that she's on. I thought here she was really good and in control.
1: She thought quickly, and she acted quickly.
0: Well, what happens at this moment then, even though they turn the power off, a nacelle gets ripped off the ship. And I remember seeing your face, and you were like, oh, no. And for me, when that happened, I thought, whoa, are they going to destroy the ship? Is that what my man was on about? Something big? Because animation, they can just draw a new ship next season. Mm. What did you think when that nacelle came off?
1: I just thought, like, we're going to lose more of the crew done i was ready for after the bit where the solvang blew up i was like okay they're, they're gonna kill some people and then when that came off i was like oh my
0: god they were like who are these people yeah and so we found it really quickly it is the paclids from tng who as ransom even says whilst he's a bit stressed and panicked like aren't the paclids a bit of a joke and uh, they were treated like a joke But as freeman says they're clearly not a joke anymore freeman says at the end of the episode he talked about the solvang crew all dying then like they all died because Starfleet had considered the packlets a bit of a joke before, and that, that really pissed off the packlets Even though they clearly were a little stupid when they're talking, they thought they thought every ship that they arrived was the Enterprise. How can there be more than one? Never mind, though. But I mean,
1: the amount of Enterprises I've heard about. True. D, a and X, so one.
0: 1701. So I don't know. The A. Sure. The B, the C, the D, the E, the J. We've seen the one all. I
1: hear about the most is the D. <laughs>
0: The, that wasn't supposed to be the one talk. you hear about the most is the D. I'm not even gonna rise to that.
1: Stop talking about your penis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we found it's a packlist, and they just basically uh, they want revenge on the Enterprise, I guess, but they think the street is the Enterprise. So they say they're gonna rip it apart and take all the best bits, and that their ship actually has weapons from over 30 different species, which is crazy. Their ship packs a punch. And then at this point, they pull pulling in the ship towards them, and then they start almost. Borg style from Deja Q in season two of TNG start cutting into the ship with their like laser beams or phases I think Ransom
1: says
0: and yeah you just see the ship is just getting gutted these beams are just going straight through it they're dissecting the ship aren't they and that was in that moment where I had gone from the nacelle coming off and thinking oh god they're going to destroy the ship to this I was like holy they're destroying the ship they're going to actually destroy the ships I like, even now can't quite understand. Would it not have been easier to build a new ship than to repair the damage, mm-hmm. you know? Freeman has been a little bit... Well, she's been hurt. I don't think she's been from a stomach ache, Is she? At this point, she's injured.
1: Uh, no, she is. Oh, is she? Yeah.
0: So she's hurt. But uh, Mariner's on the bridge and stuff. And then she realises they need a plan. It needs to be a plan that's outside the box. And it's going to piss her off because they're out of ideas. And so... it's
1: against all Starfleet regulations. <laughs> yeah, it's against all
0: regulations. So she asks Mariner. Mariner says, well, I can't do it. Freeman knows she can. So Mariner, who's been having her sleeves down and her hair tied up, she lets the hair down into the ponytail. Rolls her sleeves up. And I was like, oof, I've never been... So excited. Yeah, I've never been so excited to see a woman roll up her sleeves before. If you want to know a little trick Yet. to do. Yet. Got some long sleeves on there right now. Don't roll them up whilst we're on the show. So she kicks into gear and she comes up with the Independence Day solution of just upload a virus into the ship. What was the reason for it? They said that because there's so many different aliens' technology that they must have, like I guess, no firewalls or something on their the computers. Just open. Yeah, the system must be open to be able to accept other ones. She
1: came up with that solution very quickly.
0: Very quickly, because Marin is a really good staffy officer. Mm-hmm. She showed in this episode she should be a commanding officer, which is where her friend was at. So clearly she would be a commanding officer by now. She's choosing not to. They come up with a plan. She's like, Rutherford, are you listening? I love she went to a team. I find it interesting that Rutherford's clearly just plugged into the ships. Mm. Everything going on, on the ship all the time. So he's like, yeah, and he's heading straight to the holodeck because he needs to create a virus that could be put into something and then taken over to the ship. And it brings about the return of Badgie.
1: Hello, Father.
0: <laughs> Was that not one of the best moments? And
1: oh. he's like, you're not going to try and kill me again, are you? And I he's mean, like... <laughs> Oh, I'm Badgie.
0: <laughs> it was like, really funny.
1: <laughs> you gotta look at
0: you gotta look at Rutherford's eyes when he's saying he's like, "You're not gonna try and kill me again, are you?" Because he's got his unsure, uneasy, smiley eyes. It's hilarious. But uh, so Badgy's back and has already come up with three different viruses that would work because uh, he's always listening on the ship's comm.
1: I mean, why am I not surprised?
0: It's a trick. There is going to be a catch. badgie has got it, and someone has to go over anyway to put the virus on the ship. So it can't just be sent over. Meanwhile, the, P- the packers are invading the ship. Who who knows how many died? The mariner's taken full control at this point.
1: It's because at this point the captain is laid up. You've missed out the bit where they're like running through the ship, and then I was about people... to say
0: no. That's what I was coming to. Now, yeah. Ah. So they get attacked, and um, Freeman almost gets killed, doesn't she? But mm-hmm. the mariner with her contraband, with the contraband that turns out's hidden around the ship. So good throwback to episode one. Her batleth, which was like blood soaked stained with blood <laughs> if you notice and loads of other weapons which freeman's horrified by how much contraband was around the ship and they all pick up weapons and they start fighting the pack leads freeman almost dies Mariner saves her just before that boing having a moment where he says "Look, if we don't make it out alive i just want you to know that you know i wasn't mad about the promotion thing i just uh, you know you're my friend don't i don't want you to move to another ship that's a really nice touching moment i thought i thought for a minute i was like oh my god he's going to confess his love Nah. Because I didn't see it being that kind of relationship. So I was a bit like, whoa, this is going to come out of left field. But uh, it wasn't. So she's like, hey, we're going to live. So yeah, Freeman uh, almost dies. And we see the moment where Mariner helps her and she's got blood on her hand. And I took that to mean we were going to lose the captain at some point.
1: I just thought it was like an eye-opening moment for Mariner that for all the shit she gives them, um, mm. they're actually really similar and really close. Yeah. And that maybe that would be the thing that changes her
0: yeah it could be yeah so they get to sick bay mm-hmm. i love when uh T'ana starts to shout some instructions but it's just a meow it's just a random joke in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and they start to help Prima's out of it she's like have we saved the cerritos yet and it's like no love your ship is on its way out and then rutherford appears he's got the virus he's ready and they realize that the best way to get over there unnoticed would be to use peanut hamper because Peanut Hamper could just fly over, get in there, upload Inorganic, the virus. Inorganic,
1: yeah. organic, no shuttle pod required. Probably wouldn't be
0: detected at all. And then she's like, well, no, F this. I think joined John Starfleet to piss off my dad. And then she becomes a real jerk, where she's like, you know, I'm, I'm going, I'm being out of here. Good luck. Basically dying, you, you know, yeah. organic beings. And uh, as Tandy shouts, as she goes, you know, peanut hamper is a really crap name. So Rutherford just quickly installs it into his head in his implant says he'll do it. He needs to get over there. And Tandy thinks he's activated the heroic personality, but he hasn't. It's just him, as he tells her. Yes. And then Ruther- that's it. And then Shax doesn't even waste a moment. Our-, our hero Shax hoists up Rutherford, runs to the shuttlecraft. Well, I think they go into the shuttle bay or maybe the transport room. Transport I'm not sure, but they get cut off. So they go to the room where our main cast, our Lower Decks characters, have been fixing a shuttle craft all season. And if you notice earlier in the episode, when you see them working there. They've been drawn on it. They've drawn little pictures of themselves on the side it's of the ship. There's also
1: a and- word on the front, which is like surprisingly prominent, but I I think they can't renamed remember it themselves. It I can't
0: remember it, yeah. Shax throws him in, and then it turns out it still works. He flies it forward. He fires phases so it can fly out the ship, and then just crashes it into the Pakled vessel and knocks all the aliens out of the way, and uh, they come out. Shax is like a hero now. Rutherford's going to start mm. installing the, the virus, and Shax is just, he calls it the best day of his life, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. When he's um, about to crash into their ship, he's loving life. And then when the virus is at about, I don't know, 90% or something, slows down, and then Rutherford's like, what? And Badgie's like, ha, ha, ha. This virus won't finish until you die. And so Shax isn't going to allow this. Badgie has revealed that he was a villain all along.
1: Also, he's just pissed off that Rutherford snapped his neck.
0: I love that that comes up in conversation. Yeah. When he said, like, why, why are you like this? He's like, you know, you, you snapped my neck. <laughs> like, that was like such a brutal scene. Such a
1: weird moment. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm glad it came back. And as I said to you after, I don't understand why Rutherford didn't completely wipe Badgie's programming to, to ensure that Badgie didn't
1: Probably recall it. Probably would have it. been a more sensible thing to do.
0: Yeah. Badgie was good, actually. We should point out until, for the virus, Badgie told Rutherford that he had to disengage the holodeck safeties, which seems like that wouldn't have needed to do that. I feel like Badgie played him whilst Rutherford was in a rush because hmm. um, of the situation at the time. Rutherford needs him to do it. Badgie says, if well, fine, I'll kill you and I'll, do, I'll upload the virus. I'll destroy the packlids through self-destruct. Shaq's and I'll let this happen to his baby bear, though. Okay. Runs over... Because Rutherford is plugged into the thing, the ship, with a virus, he has to leave the implant there. And I didn't realize in the third view and just how graphic this is, but Shax rips the implant off of Rutherford's face, and you just see, like, the bit come out of his eye. You see Rutherford's face is actually really messed up, so he's going to have to have something done for next season. Puts him in the shuttle, pushes the shuttle out with his bare hands back into space, and then just carries on fighting as the ship blows up. I love the
1: look on his face when he's, like, laughing. Like, he's got, like, a menacing laugh as he's looking out onto his baby bear.
0: He's delighted, isn't he? Yeah. To die. He's this like This is the
1: only way he could go.
0: I think his last thing you hear from him is like, aha, as he's yeah. about to blow up. He's beating up his packlets. And so, yeah, they do blow the ship up. I don't think we ever see the Cerritos crew find out that Shaq's died, do we? No. We, we just see them just, after. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the shuttle was out. The ship's all destroyed. Hooray, they've done it. But three more show up. Tell me what happens once the three package ships show up. And we're in real trouble now.
1: Well, they're there, right? And they've got these hooks on it. They're pulling it apart. Mariner's sitting in the captain's chair because it's her responsibility now, even though she's not of rank. But anyway, we'll look over that. Yeah, Mariner's um, captain now. And she's like, okay, what, what on earth are we going to do? We're going to have to evacuate everybody.
0: She does, yeah. She starts to make the alert to the crew, you know, um, mm. evacuate the ship, which I'm sure they probably should have done sooner anyway. Yeah, but... yeah perhaps. But someone shows up. Who is it? It's the Titan. We hear them say. And Riker. Yeah, Will Riker. The Titan. Antiana. Yes. Titan has only ever been mentioned in Star Trek Nemesis because that's where Riker's headed to after the story of that film, to take command, finally. And obviously, I can't remember if the Titan by name got referenced on Picard, but in Picard, we meet Riker and Troy long after Riker's left the Titan. So we've never seen Titan on screen, but the Titan appears. It's the same design from the book series, Star Trek Titan, which isn't canon, but they made the design canon, the the ship registry number, and it's got the TNG fanfare playing. and it's like such a heroic moment, and the Titan kicks ass, wills. Turns out Will and Mariner know each other because Will's been helping Mariner get most of her contraband and which Deanna wants to have a chat with. That's with really about. makes all sense. Yeah. Like yeah. he
1: seems like the type.
0: He does seem like the type, doesn't he? And he's quite fun. I like seeing this Riker who's a bit more relaxed. He was and, fun. Uh, Riker. Riker's back. He saves the day in two shows.
1: Mm. So like cool about it. He's like cool as a flaming space cucumber. He comes in and cucumber. he's like, party without me?
0: Wa And then he just as them all. He saves the day. He's wearing the grey movie uniforms, which are sexier, one of my favourite Starfleet uniforms. And I thought it was quite cool because some people have been trying to work out why Starfleet would bring in the lower decks uniform and then within a couple literally a couple of years change to what we saw in the card in the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So this kind of answers it, I guess, that there's certain levels of Starfleet are in different uniforms. So I guess these second contact guys are in the bright, colourful uniform still. And then he's got the other guys going around in the, the black and grey, which kind of makes sense that for, for second contact, where they're going to spend more time with these people on the alien planets, you kind of want them to see the colourful, friendly, nice uniforms rather than the military-esque Who knows, stuff though, what
1: like colours mean in different cultures.
0: Ooh, that's very true and very deep. Thank you. So were you shocked when the Titan showed up? Yeah.
1: yeah? I didn't realise what was going on at first, if I'm completely honest. But then I was like, hey. Riker? Okay.
0: Did you hey, Diana? How's it going? Did you it? remember the Titan being Riker's? No. So when it first arrived, you weren't.
1: I was just like, ooh, friends.
0: Did you know it was Riker as soon as they yeah. cut over? Yeah. That's brilliant. Like we've had Riker in animated form now. And then mm. this was the same day that they then announced, obviously, that January's coming back in. And
1: Diana hasn't generated. aged a day.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Diana, oh she's looking fantastic. She has a movie look. So she's got the fringe and everything. So she looks a bit different to how you know her right now on um, TNG. Yes, yeah, so they say a day, and that's it pretty much get to the setups for the next season well the big twist is that boimler has received a transfer to the titan and has been promoted to Lieutenant junior grade which is fantastic because you know the whole season whenever everyone was getting promoted they were getting promoted to lieutenant mm. and online everyone was losing you know the, the usual i think i mentioned it on the show before losing their shit about where's lieutenant junior grade why are we skipping ranks and i love that it's just there in the finale so like all these people have got mad if we just waited the finale establishes the great. Well, so sometimes rank you can right get there.
1: promoted two levels, can't yeah, you? Yeah, sure you can. Yeah, why can't you? I don't know.
0: So we get that. So Boimler's is now on the Titan. Mariner's furious about this. So that's an interesting thing. I thought maybe Boimler was done on the show, but we have found out from Mike McMahon that uh, we're just going to focus on the Titan as well. So the Titan is going to be back in season two. He says they're not just going to reset it. So I might take that to mean that Boimler's going to be gone for a while. I can't see him staying gone. No. The, the four, don't they? The core four. But Mariner is clearly the lead of the show. And I thought Boimler was clearly the, the male lead of, of the rest of them. Were you surprised? You were surprised. I remember you going, oh, no, or something like that mm. when they revealed him in his uniform. He looked good in it. Yeah. He's got his own quarters as well. That I agree with
1: Mariner. F- traitor.
0: What a traitor. He stabbed her in the back after saying it didn't mean anything. But he did say back in, I can't remember what episode it was, was it episode four or episode six, he stated that serving on the Titan was his dream. Yeah. If you remember.
1: I feel like everything's his dream because True. he also said serving on the sack was also his dream. Well, I think I, on I have sack.
0: a feeling the Sacramento might be the top of the line of the second contact vessels. We haven't seen it, I don't think. Yeah, so he's on the Titan now, and um, it's been confirmed that Jonathan Frakes will be returning for the season premiere to do some voice work. So that's fantastic as well. That's great news. Freeman and Mariner, as we discussed earlier, came to an agreement uh, after Shaq's funeral blessing that they're going to work together going forward. I thought it might have meant a promotion for Mariner, actually, but. She appears to Mm. still be ensign. I don't think she wants the promotion at all. No. Especially now, because now she will be allowed to do what she wants. Can you see that lasting, that relationship like that? Nah. How do you think it would change? Do you think Freeman would would lose command, get transferred? Possibly. A new captain comes on? she
1: can't give her daughter special leeway. No. And she hasn't been so far. If Mariner's done something, she's been in the brig.
0: Well, she's given her a little bit of special leeway, because... She would no longer be on the ship. She wouldn't be in Starfleet anymore if she hadn't kind of covered her ass. In my opinion. That's just my opinion. Oh, we didn't mention Rutherford lost his memory when oh, his implant got taken. Yeah. So what a heartbreaking scene when he's, he's with Tendy and he wakes up whilst the ship's been repaired. And it's going to look exactly how it looked all season. Uh, we didn't see it fully repaired, though, I don't think, did we? Uh, no,
1: that's probably mm, waiting for the reveal. Maybe there Next will be one or two
0: changes. Who knows? Yeah, Rutherford does not remember anything. So, Tendy, we think it's going to be heartbreaking when she realizes, but then she's like, Do you know what this means? Because we thought they were going to get together, didn't we? Mm. And she's like, This means we get to be friends all over again. It's so funny with Rutherford. I'd wonder what they're going to do with it because. He's clearly going to get another implant, I would have thought, isn't he? I don't
1: know. Not sure.
0: Let's talk about some of the great parts about this episode. Number one, the music was effing awesome. During the space scenes and space battles, particularly the first part of the when the Cerritos was there, the music is amazing. And they always say that like the music of the show doesn't know it's the music for a comedy show. Mm. And It was epic. Oh, it was epic. It, like, it was like movie. Mm. Movie level. This whole episode was like a Lower Decks movie, I thought. Mm. And... I like the visuals were great in space. Yeah, that ship. The alien ship, the alien ship
1: was amazing. It looked
0: amazing. Everything just came together in I thought and even the fighting scenes I saw it and thought, you know what, if you gave me a Lower Decks movie I'd go see that in a cinema. Mm -hmm. Like this style of animation was was treating it all seriously. It wasn't making a joke of any of it. For a show that's episodic and has remained episodic really for the whole thing, Mm -hmm. this episode pulled it all together. Yeah. Everything got mentioned. Uh, The Batleth, the contraband from episode one. In episode one when Mariner said she'd be Boimler's mentor. She said she was going to make him the next the next sword guy in Starfleet. And sure enough, if you see when um, Boimler's fighting them all, he's picked up the sword or the fencing thing, whatever it's meant to be. And uh, there's so many throwbacks to the planet from Envoys and the bar that um, Boimler unintentionally starts the fight in with the Andorians. Oh, just references to everything. Banshee came back and Banshee was a true villain. And uh, and even that, Banshee won. Badgie killed Shaxx and Badgie essentially killed Rutherford because Rutherford lost his personality, his memory, everything.
1: I don't doubt that Badgie will make another appearance.
0: Well, technically, Badgie's probably still there on the holodeck. He just put himself in the virus as well. Mm. So yeah, Badgie hasn't gone anywhere. He's still there. They need to delete Badgie. They
1: need to uninstall. They do. Put him in the recycling bin and then take that bin outside.
0: Empty that bin. Empty your recycling bin, guys, because it it still shows up on your memory until you delete it. (laughs) Stream. Speaking
1: as a true expert, uh, yeah. someone
0: who struggles, particularly with the amount of podcasts he does now, to keep space on his hard oh, drive.
1: that wasn't what I was referring to, but
0: oh, that went straight over my head. Uh, the trying to think of what else was in there. We had a lovely scene in the bar at the end, towards the end, with Riker. It turns out he knows Freeman and mm-hmm. he knows Mariner. I thought this episode as well was really great at sticking its middle finger up at people who criticize the show. Like some people criticize Mariner always name dropping. TNG people like she called Worf like my man Worf or something and she spoke about Deanna and wearing a cat suit before mm. now that was all in the first episode now Mariner we find out now knows Will Riker quite well like very well from the sounds of it and she spoke about Worf suggesting suggests she knows Worf she obviously knows a lot of these people so now her meant her just name dropping doesn't seem like just for the fans it almost feels like She's actually kind of talking about some famous people that actually she knows. She and, does know them. And she guys. kind of admires them. It makes you wonder: has she ever served time on The Enterprise? Like Maybe. when did she have when did she have anything to do with Riker? Riker was on the Enterprise for like 15 years or something. So I am really impressed by how they brought it together and how they tied. It now feels like the whole season was built into it. Like, think about Rutherford's implant. Mm-hmm. Right? Rutherford's implant existed in him as a character for uploading the virus. Mm-hmm into that ship. And then he lost the implant and he hasn't got one at the end of the season. He's now going to rediscover himself. So it's as if they worked backwards with the finale. I would 100% guarantee that that's not how it was done. But it feels like Mike McMahon plotted the finale and everything he needed and the story mm. he wanted to tell and then went backwards. So He's smart. like, right, okay, well, how is Mariner going to get all his how is she going to get all these weapons that we want her to just kick out in the corridors? Yeah. Oh, we're going to establish...
1: That's true, actually. A long time
0: she's got it. Yeah, Rutherford. You know, I need to upload this virus. I'd love one of the crew to do it. How would they do that? Oh, I'm going to give a, a cyborg implant to one of them. Mm. He's going to use that.
1: But we don't want Rutherford to die because he's still got more to do. Yeah. Which character fits the bill of someone who would selflessly run him through a destructing yeah. ship? Yeah.
0: So Shax was there for the, mm. the point of dying and... Boimler just we want we want Boimler to be promoted onto the Titan at the end of the season. Um so we're gonna casually mention five mm. or six episodes before that Boimler's dream was to be on there. And also if you think about it, the I can't remember the name now off the top of my head of the one who got the promotion instead because they set him up and then he got fired. So that means that position oh, yeah. was still available on the Titan. Yeah. So Boimler probably just took that that yeah. position because he got he got fired from Starfleet. So it just all of it just feels like it was
1: Doing a rewatch will be interesting. It will
0: I think on a rewatch we're gonna see so yeah. much stuff.
1: But even on like a second watch of one episode, you just realise so much more's going on than mm.
0: third watch, thought. fourth watch. You start looking around the the whole frame mm-hmm. of the of the shots and you start seeing stuff like like I said on the shuttle they've been working on, the little drawings they've done them mm-hmm. themselves. I didn't know I didn't know it that. that until the third viewing. Mm-hmm. And and then it's so prominent and I hadn't realised that, that shuttle, which they've been working on since the first episode. Was the same shuttle that they flew over onto the enemy ship with, and uh, the Packlid ship, and until I went online and saw it, And I thought, wow, again, that's another thing of we're going to have this shuttle kind of fly out the side of the ship and straight over onto the enemy one. But it's not going to be in the shuttle bay because they could all get to shuttlecrafts. So how what we're going to do? Okay, we'll have a shuttlecraft that's been worked on mm-hmm. throughout the whole season, and now whenever we go back and rewatch it, like you said, we're going to see them working on that shuttle, knowing how it's used in the finale, like. It's meant to be an episodic show, and yet so much of it connected. And I am... As I'm saying now, I'm like, holy crap, I need to just go watch that now. Yeah. Like the whole thing, I need to just...
1: You do the rewatch right now. Yeah, right
0: this minute. We've already said Space Battles, fantastic character work. Were you happy with the character work in this episode? Oh, yeah,
1: definitely. And what was your
0: favourite... What were some of your favourite moments then?
1: My favourite moments are always quotes, because okay. they just say some amazing stuff, like, Tana, Fuck A. That was great. And, um... Something I'm going to be using from now on, Mariners. Get phased.
0: Get phased, yeah. Definitely
1: going to say that. Yeah. The meat hooks thing.
0: Oh, I mean, that's... I, I, I squirm a little bit.
1: It makes me laugh, but it's grim. It
0: is a horrible thought. It is
1: grim, but really made me like laugh out loud. Like, I couldn't control that laugh. Yeah.
0: That was really
1: <laughs> funny. Um, and I, lo- I love tendy. She brought, like, a bit of light-heartedness to the show. Like, a little bit of optimism this week. Nothing too serious. Um, in amongst all the super serious stuff. Like, you know, I don't normally like stuff that makes me sad. But I really... I was feeling it for Shaq's, like... Oh. And I'm feeling, like, all of their loss as well at the end when they're just looking at his little earring in oh, the know. box and yeah. just closing it. Like, I felt sorry sad. for her,
0: Tana because, obviously, yeah. she likes him and we haven't yeah. seen how she dealt with... Yeah. With that. Um, Were you happy with where they left things going into next season? So they've kind of set up a little bit. We're not going to be just on one ship now. We're going to, for a little while at least, be on the Titan. Which is cool because the show is Star Trek Lower Decks. But even then, Boimers not Lower Decks anymore, so... So, yeah, are you happy with Boimler being gone? The idea of seeing the Titan again?
1: I don't want to see him get demoted because even though I don't 100% think he deserves the promotion, because he's not anything that extraordinary, really.
0: It just has a clean record. I
1: would like to see him come back, yeah. but I don't want him to be demoted. But then I don't want any of the rest of them to go up because that would defeat the point. That's a bit of a weird thing for me.
0: Yeah, because the show is going to have to always be lower decks. Yeah. So they can't have them all getting promoted. I almost think if they just took Boimler off the show, you got promoted and went, that almost would be making like a statement about, I would, this is what the show is about. Yeah. And we don't, once they get promoted, we don't follow them anymore.
1: I, I wouldn't be super upset. Like if, if that happened with Mariner, I would say like, oh, you yeah. don't have a show anymore.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: But with Boimler, I'm like, we could get a replacement for Boimler and it wouldn't be too
0: And that's not to say Boimler's not like a great character. No, no. Just, you could you could take out any of the other characters.
1: But sometimes, like, they, yeah, they'd like run their course, yeah. I guess.
0: Mariner, you can't get rid of. You can get rid no. of anyone else. For me, favorite scenes, I mean, the space scenes were incredible. Mm. They looked gorgeous. The level of animation on this show is fantastic. It looks beautiful. I thought all the throwbacks were great. When Badgie showed up off oh, yeah. in the corner of the screen, it was like, oh my God, Badgy's back. That's when I was like, yeah, we're in a season finale, man. This is and a good season finale pays off your whole season mm. and that's what star trek didn't used to do um because it, the season finales as you've seen on like enterprise stuff would oh, quite often be a just a different story you know and and they were like that on all trek maybe not so much ds9 but the other ones they were and in the new trek that we've had uh, the season finales have been the end of a season storyline so and i'm glad even lower decks managed to do that uh i'm looking forward to the the new season um you know, Mike McMahon said the one reason Boyman was gone and it is because they like the idea of doing, like, different team-ups. Uh, he said he quite likes the idea of doing a lot of Tandy and Mariner together and, mm. and things like that. So I'm excited. Uh, I'm curious to see how they replace Shaxx. So Someone mm. else will come on board, I think. Maybe it'll be a new person each week, like a new special guest star every, every single week. that would be fun. Maybe the security guy just gets killed every week. that would be, <laughs> well, tragic, but it would be funny. And um, I'd like to find out more about Mariner's father, though.
1: Hmm. Maybe we will.
0: Uh, maybe we will. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just love to where it ended up. I thought that was one of the best season finales I've ever seen of Star Trek, and I've seen them all, babe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, it was incredible. I'm not just saying that because the Titan showed up. I wasn't suddenly like in awe. Just because, I mean, that sequence is amazing. But I wasn't. I'm not in awe of the episode because the Titan showed up. I was on the edge of my seat throughout. From the moment they they destroyed the ship at the beginning, mm. that I was a bit like, oh, I need to really pay attention to this because yeah, they've raised the stakes. And then when um, when it all kicked off on the Cerritos with it, I couldn't I couldn't take my eyes off the screen for a little bit. It was breathtaking stuff. I'm going to watch it again, like probably the next day before the show's even aired because I think it's a fantastic season finale.
1: I was on edge even from the minute where right in the start of it. Boimler lets everyone know about Mariner because even though that didn't contribute an awful lot to the episode, I knew that if they were putting that in the start, some serious shit was about to go down. Yeah.
0: Because this has been a thing building. Because I probably don't have time for this. So building the whole show and Mm. then, yeah, we're just going to get it done in the teaser and move on. Well, we're not going to do our hopes for season two because... We've got more to do. I mean, overall, you're happy with that as an end to the season?
1: Oh, yeah. More than.
0: More than. Happy. Happy. Okay. (laughs) I don't know why. It's late. It's late as we're doing this. I know. And yet when it drops, it's like 9am in the morning over here. So people hear us complaining about how late it is recording, but actually they're probably hearing and listen to it in the daytime. But this is over. This is done. These late night recordings that we have to fit in are over for the show. And, you know, we'll let you in now on what we plan to do. So the weekly show of Blast Shield is now over. Uh, we will not be here every week uh, until Season 2 comes, which will probably be a similar time next year. Um, but we don't plan to go away with the show. We will be back. Oh, we're thinking maybe monthly specials or something. So we'll do a full-season review, probably be next on our list. We plan to do some character uh, studies as well uh, as individual episodes, um, hoping to do like a top-three episodes, characters, things just going through. So we've got more than enough things that we can talk about with Lower Decks until the next season comes, but we're going to space them out and we're going to bring them out about once a month. So keep subscribed to us. Don't unsubscribe until next year.
1: Don't leave us.
0: Don't leave us. Don't leave us.
1: You've heard some of the crap we talk when we're on our own. Don't leave us.
0: I know. Yeah. See, we we need to know that at least we're doing this for a reason. (laughs) So stay, stay on board and... Uh, Let us know your thoughts again. As I said, we have a new show launching at the start of 2021. So we're only two and a half months away from it, called Her First Track, a Star Trek review podcast, which is already, you know, we've recorded a few episodes and it's such great fun. You can find it already on your podcast uh, websites and apps. And just search for the show name, Her First Track, and you will be able to subscribe there. Ready? Our teaser episode is on there. And in case you haven't listened to it, I'm actually gonna put it on this feed so um before this show ends i'm gonna oh you lucky put that on yeah it's gonna be maybe i'll put it after the closing credits Uh, but then i'll put it on there so you'll get to hear us introduce ourselves like like you've never heard us before on there but uh i'm gonna put the teaser so you can hear it go subscribe and follow her first trek on social media it's at her first track on twitter and instagram and it will be on facebook once i get to the right amount of likes i need like four more likes before i can change the uh the like url the website's really help annoying. a trackie out help a trackie out guys are you the trackie in that as well yeah oh damn oh damn okay so how we will round this up though is i'll say katie can you give us some overall thoughts on lower decks now it's done for the first year
1: before we watched it, I wasn't like super excited about it because I wasn't really... I mean, I was a big Enterprise fan and loved Discovery, loved Picard. Hadn't really seen any of this and I thought it's just going to be full of inside jokes that I don't really get. And I actually, I haven't watched that much of the other tracks yet, but it was still super followable. And it was accessible still. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. It's like, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was the perfect amount of really really funny and serious it was great characters are lovely it looks it doesn't look like a cheap cartoon no it's, it's, expensive. it's really that. gorgeous like the music's great it's just a really good show
0: well, i couldn't say it any better myself thank you so, would you like to end this week's show Thank you
1: all for coming to listen to our ramblings. Yes,
0: thank you so much, by the way, guys. Yeah, and I will cut in then before I let you end. We've had so much fun doing this show. It has been stressful because we are parents of a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And trying to get this show out on time, because a weekly review of a currently airing show is challenging. And, you know, I like my shows to sound a certain way. So, like, I do go through every second of the show when I'm editing it to make sure that we're removing anything that shouldn't be there or doesn't sound great, like smooth if we're stumbling over words so it's all worth it when when we see the numbers for the people that are listening to the show as well it's great so uh, please make sure as i said you stay subscribed and that you come join us on the next ones i think her first track is going to be really good if you if you've been entertained by katie on this show i think you're going to be really entertained by her having to watch star trek from the 1960s (laughs) or the 1980s (laughs) you know it's I think you'll uh, you'll enjoy the ride.
1: It has not been that long a road getting from there to here. <laughs> that was the
0: one, that was the best gag. I know. I just realized I just it. I remembered just, it.
1: As you were talking then I was like I'm going to yeah. I'm going to drop it. But it has not been that long. It's no. been a short journey. A short voyage if you will, but it's been good fun. Live long and prosper. Presented by Holosuite Media, Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast is produced and hosted by Kyle West and myself, Katie Harbin. To keep up to date on all the news and updates from Blast Shield, be sure to follow Blast Shield up on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And you can also find Kyle on Twitter at KyleThomasWest. To join Holosuite Media's community discussion group, simply type The Nexus into the Facebook search bar and we will see you there. Thank you for listening.
0: Her name is Katie.
1: His name is Kyle.
0: And this is her first Trek, a Star Trek podcast.
1: This is starting to feel worryingly real now.
0: Before I crashed into her life, Katie was peacefully unaware of Star Trek. She even tried to stay that way long after she realized I wasn't going anywhere. One child later, I was able to convince her to watch Star Trek Discovery with me, and in no time, she was hooked. I was. Then came baby number two and the second season of Discovery. At this point, I had her where I wanted. Star Trek Picard sealed the deal, and she became a self confessed fan of New Trek. I tried my luck with Enterprise. That sucked her into. Before she knew it, she was then doing a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast with me,
1: which is called Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast available through all good podcast apps and at www.holosweetmedia.com
0: Great plug. You're learning Yes I am Katie was adamant that she would never watch any of the other old Star Trek shows with me She maintained that position for years But now, in a truly shocking turn of events She has agreed to launch this new podcast with me Where we chart her first trek through the Star Trek library
1: Each week, Kyle is going to make me sit through an episode of the original series, TOS Next Generation, TNG Deep Space Nine, I don't know if that has an acronym DS9 Okay, (laughs) and Voyager, that's a lot of Star Trek
0: It's great, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, we will be taking Katie through all four shows simultaneously, we hope, before hitting the movies and more. More. Yeah, I've not spoken to you about that bit yet. Okay, brilliant. Are you excited for this show?
1: Yes, I am. I'm, I'm ready to dive in. After years of resisting, I've realized that resistance is futile.
0: Oh, <laughs> I like what you did there. I like what you did there. That wasn't even yeah. scripted. I know. <laughs> we
1: plan to launch the show in January 2021. So be sure to subscribe to us right away so that you don't miss an episode when we start dropping them.
0: We're also on Twitter and Instagram at her first trek so be sure to follow us there too expect more of the crazy shit you may know us for on blast shield except this time we'll be tackling the entire star trek franchise
1: until our big launch day be sure to catch us both on blast shield at star trek lower decks podcast and we hope to see you soon bye
0: This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Suite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast. When you look at it now, you're like, oh, there is some stuff in there that it's not been handled delicately, right. I think. But I think at the time, they, they handled it yeah. as delicately as they knew it, how to. Exactly. You are spot on with that. Not, it's not that, you know, through, through all time, it was not delicately handled. It's just at that time, with their understanding, they did the best they could. They had the best intentions with it. Kind of like Trip. Yeah, absolutely. And I, don't, <laughs> and I don't even think, if anyone watched it now and got offended by it, I don't think ever the intention was for that. I'd like to think anyone could look at it right. and think, well, actually, let's applaud the show for doing this story. When they were, when no one else was doing these kind of stories. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for There Are Four Questions, a Star Trek Spotlight Podcast. That felt pretty cool. And that's when I I really, really started connecting with Star Trek when I was actually here and on, on the level of creator as opposed to fan. So... That was where I started getting it. I was like, hey, I could do this. I remember writing, I sent this letter to him. I wrote to um, Eric Stillwell before I moved to, to Los Angeles and asked about the, the rules for submitting a script and all that stuff. And then I had this idea. Never heard back from him. Loading Suite Preview Program for Ladies' Trek Library, Women with a Passion for Star Trek Books.
1: One of the reasons I was excited to read this book was because it's called Uhura's song, and we don't get a lot of books where Uhura is a main character um and she was my favorite character from the original series. so I was excited to see a book about her and i and I like how and I was thinking about the uh the Broadway play Cats because they kind of used cat names that that reminded me of the names in this book so and and this book was written in eighty five so it could have been inspired by cats in that way.